0: From the streets of Camden, to a walk of faith, to a husband, to a father, to a leader, an entrepreneur, somebody that has grown in many, many, many ways, um, out of the misery that he was in, into a place of triumph, on where he is walking in now, ladies and gentlemen. Normally, this man is in the back, in handling a lot of the things that you guys see right in front of you. But today, Matt in the back becomes Matt in the front because today he is our next guest on the Unshakable Conversations podcast. Matt, what up? What up? What up? What up? What up?
1: I am here. Yes, Matt sir. in the back to Matt in the front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so excited.
0: This is the guy, ladies and gentlemen. This is the guy that y'all been seeing. everything that you guys see um and and if anybody you know needs his services you know what i'm saying hit your boy (laughs) up all right but today we are going to matt we're going to talk about you we're going to talk about a couple different things right right. we definitely going to like you know pray that we bless somebody with your testimony and some of the other topics that we have um endured over the past couple of weeks you know but first and foremost before we get into all of that before we got into like uh, you know, camera work and, and visualiz- visuals and things in that nature. You know, who is Matthew Cooley from Camden, New Jersey?
1: Yes. So for those who don't know, my name is Matthew Cooley. I am from Camden, New Jersey. Fast forward today, I am a, a businessman. I'm an entrepreneur. I run a company called Cool HD Films, a multimedia company. First and foremost, I should have said this first, but I am a child of God. I'm a, I'm a husband, a father of four, So, many different things about me. So, yes, I grew up in the streets of Camden. I started off as a musician. You want me to go right into it? Yeah, go right into it. Let's go. (laughs) So, you guys know Camden, that's a a place.
0: I'm interrupting this video just for a quick second to remind you guys to go ahead and like, because I know you probably haven't just yet, but it really, really does help the algorithm and helps our channel grow. So, go ahead and like, comment, subscribe, and send it to
1: somebody that you love right now. Okay? Back to the show of poverty a place where it's not a lot of big names and things that come out of there so one of the things for me to escape you know not being a product of my environment i tapped it to music Mm. use your gift to make the shift that's right that's right so one of the things that was real dear to me was creativity so Mm -hmm. music was the big thing i started off at the age of 15 i grind hard all for nine years straight, all all the way till I was twenty four years old. Mm-hmm. At twenty-four years old, that's when I kind of found my rhythm. Mm-hmm. I tapped into my bag. I, I I found my flow right there. Yeah, yeah. That's when I was at the peak. So when I say I was at my peak at that time, I had thousands of followers. Right. Uh I would post it, we get thousands of likes as far as the music. I produced for many different people in the in local area, mm-hmm. many people in the tri-state area. Power ninety nine was playing the music. Mm. Uh thousands and millions of views on YouTube, everywhere you could think. I was on Worldstar at the time mm-hmm. and just so many things. Uh, have you ever heard of That Piff? Yeah, it was like a mixtape yep, website. Yep. I would drop on That Piff my, wow. my mixtapes and stuff like that. So just to backtrack for me, you can stop me and ask me questions yeah, at any different facts. point if I, if I go you. through yeah, it. You right so now. I wanted to be a producer, that was the thing. So when mm-hmm. I say music, it started off with me being a producer. Right. From yeah. a producer, that's when it kind of transitioned from being a, a a music artist, right? So I kind of was thriving at both. So by again, when I turned twenty four years old, at that time. I just dropped the song. It was a mm-hmm. banger. They was rocking with it in the club. The mm-hmm. DJs was playing it. As far as the production side, I just produced for industry artists. Mm-hmm. So things is just buzzing. I'm on my high horse at the time. Anywhere mm-hmm. I go, DJ Cooley, this that, and the third. So that's where I was at right, at that right, time. Right,
0: right, right, Yeah. So it yeah. was like more like a, you know, a celebrity in many people's eyes. You know, at the time, because I remember like you know, uh, hearing a lot of what other people have said about you, and even in one of the interviews that we had a couple of months ago, it was like, yo, I know him. Like, I thought yes, like, yes, you yes, like, yes, DJ yes. Cooley, you know? So so tell us what, what happened from, you know, you go and being in the world, essentially, right? And then you got all this fame, you got all this popularity, and then you leave it alone, right? So what was the transition? What was going through through your mind? What was what was happening? Why was God speaking to you or whatever? What was, what was going on in that time?
1: Yeah, so basically in a nutshell, my testimony is that I was looking for love and acceptance and in all the wrong places, mm. you know? So one of the things that I really grew in love, I had to let that go. So right. the thing that I loved the most, I became actually very good at, was the thing that I had to transition and let go. Mm. So you say this popular line, I had to trade in my career for my what? Calling, come on now. <laughs> exactly, you know, I, I listen to you when you talk come now, on now. I, I hold them in. So <laughs> that's basically in a nutshell, that's what happened to me. So at that time, right, so I'm doing music, I'm at the top of my peak, I had a great conversation with somebody, and they began ministering to me, mm-hmm. sharing about Jesus, the Gospels and stuff. And it really hit home for me. Mm. And they was telling me, you know, but the music you doing, man, I really think that that's something that you should give up. Mm. But I knew God was calling me at that time. So now, look, this is a year prior to me being in my prime. So I would say right. this happened at when I was 23 years old. Okay. And I was going to church and stuff. I I was, you know, I guess seeking God. I don't know. I would just say I was going to church. Mm -hmm. So I tried to make the the shift in my life, but it was hard because I was still doing the same thing. Right, right. So at that time, fast forward, I'm driving to work. So fast forward from that time a year later, Mm -hmm. I'm driving to work. I was working at that time trying to, you know. Hustling, just making sure I'm making music from I'm at making money from every aspect right. from the music from this down to third because right. I was always big on investing into myself in order to to thrive. You get right. what I'm saying? Right. So I'm driving to work. I hear a voice clear as day say, "The way that you're going, you're gonna leave me forever." Wow. And I'm looking like, man. I knew it wasn't my own thoughts. Mm-hmm. Something clicked within me and, and was like, "Yo, that's the voice of Jesus speaking to wow. you." I think about the scripture that says, my sheep know my voice mm. and not a stranger's voice they will follow. Mm. So something within me was able to recognize that that was his voice. Mm-hmm. So you know me, I'm just thinking about it like, yo, am I going crazy? I began to think about you know that path and I was like, nah, there's no way. But as I began to think, it was like I had vivid, clear vision of me going down this dark path. Right. And I just was like that's not like, that's not what I signed up for. I just wanted to press and do music right. because at that time I invested so much into music. Mm-hmm. That was the only thing I didn't have a backup plan. I didn't plan on going to college. I invested everything, everything. into this yeah. one thing. Yeah. And we'll, t- we'll talk about that a little bit later. Mm-hmm. So I challenged the Lord, I said, Lord, I'll give you two months mm-hmm. for you to really show me how real you are because I know this is something that I couldn't let go. Right. fact. At that time I'm going to church. I'm fornicating at the time. I'm still clubbing at that time. I'm popping perks at that time getting tattoos and just the part the wild party life the typical life of a musician you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying and that was just me but this is me still trying to go to church and make the change mm-hmm. so in essence I was stuck between two different places one side of me I wanted to do good and wanted to do better and wanted to include God the other side completely contradicted that right. that was the part where everything you built up you and your prime you you this like you've built up this image in mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Fully committing to God and doing this, the two can't go together. Mm -hmm. You know? So eventually I had to make the choice. Mm -hmm. So in that moment, I said, All right, Lord, if you show me how real you are in this two month span, then boom, I'll really. I don't even know. It's funny because in when I when I gave that two months, I never really thought that God was going to show me how real right. He was. In my mind, I'm like, "Yo, I'm headed to the top. I'm I'm gonna use this so when believers and people come to right. me, I can use this as an excuse. Like, no, I sought God with everything. I read the Bible. I did, did this, that, and the third. Yeah, and they couldn't use this against me. Against like you. that's not right. of God. Right. You, you get what did I'm you, saying? Did
0: you ever think that maybe God was using music through you in a different way once you start to make that transition in other words do you feel that you were a different type of instrument that he wanted to use in your life
1: i would say definitely um not in a way today but at that time you know i began to really try to do better you mm-hmm. know i tried to begin to be faithful you know in my relationships i tried to uh well my relationship
2: mm-hmm. you
1: know with my wife which was currently my girl at that time mm-hmm. i stopped using profanity and stuff like that i would give like a lot more encouragements and stuff mm-hmm. so i was i was i was i was being i'll say a little light i yeah. was being a little light yeah yeah yeah, yeah. fact so what a, so so for
0: somebody out there right now that's like listening what were some of the lessons that you had to learn in that transition did you get pushback from people like when you start transitioning over like oh you're not Now you're not going into the clubs no more. You're not making music no more. You're not doing this stuff no more. So what was that like? If you're leaving this world of popularity and then coming into a world of faith, like, so talk. Maybe you have been enjoying what you've been watching so far, but guess what? This only happens with your support. This only goes to another level with your support. Welcome to the unshakable studio. As you guys can see, some of the background on what we've been producing over the past couple of months and actually the last couple of years on where we have grown. We went from, you know, in my house and in my my, my studio at home to now actually producing something of quality to help you guys see a great visual but also enjoy a great conversation. Now we want to take this thing to another level. In order to take it to another level, we need your help. So we're asking that you guys maybe consider go ahead and donating to our cash app, our Venmo, or even joining our Patreon for as little as $5 a month to keep this thing going so that we can keep blessing you guys with great conversations, more intel, more insight that help you in your personal life and professional life go to another level. With that being said, go ahead and like, subscribe, comment, but also more importantly, help us grow, help us get to the next level by making this nation unshakable talk to us or whatever on how that that transition was
1: playing out so around that time remember i gave god two months i didn't tell nobody what you know what was going on because i know people would think i was crazy i know people wouldn't agree with it and stuff like that because the whole city was behind me at that time it was like they just was like you know what we're getting behind him because we see that he could potentially be the doorway to open it up and it will make room for us which was very rare (laughs) in the city of camden right so during that time um again people wasn't in agreement with it people would um people that's something that people wasn't in agreement with right so let me just backtrack so at the time again right i'm uh seeking the lord in this two months god is showing me how real he is at this time so i'm praying i'm reading my word and stuff like that and then god is just the more i seek him the more i pray the more that i um just get into his presence and, more, and learn more about him, the more I become aware of how mm-hmm. real he is. Mm-hmm. So during this time, I, I listen, when I did music, I had mad videos and music in the cut, so I could just keep pushing out and get low and nobody would know it. Mm-hmm. So they're thinking that I'm active, but behind the scenes, I'm really becoming a different person, understanding mm-hmm. who God is. So fast forward to the two months when I was really fully convinced that God was real, that's when I made the announcement. It mm. was like, listen, this is what's going on. I made that announcement with a testimony. So to answer your question, was people in agreement with it? Some people was like, um, you know, we're proud of you and stuff like that. A lot of people that are that was really leaning on me. They wasn't the most mm. fond of that decision. They wasn't the most happiest because my decision impacted other people. It wow. it, it just didn't impact the city as a whole because if you grind out you know you could raise up another one right but people were directly affected by that decision we talk about studio time people i was doing graphics for beats for mixtapes a lot of stuff that was in the works Mm. i let all of that go wow so in in the middle of all of that right you got
0: of course your family you know uh your wife kids you know what was the their this? What was how was their feeling like? You know, you're leaving this, and and then and then also touch on. You said that you gave God two months, right? Mm-hmm. I always find it funny when we when we want to give God like a timetable. Yeah, and yeah, stuff. yeah. <laughs> you
1: If you mean? do, if you do this if you tonight, do this. <laughs> if you show me how real you is tonight, right. I'll follow
0: you. And so so real quick, let's touch on that for a second, right? Because oftentimes people do that. Yeah, people yes. like God. You got one week. You got one hour to show yourself, right? (laughs) And then what happens if he don't show up?
1: That is crazy right there. So me personally, I would suggest suggest don't do that. The Bible says don't (laughs) test the Lord your God. Um, Me personally, I believe God was being humble. You get what I'm saying? He was literally meeting me where I was at. At that time, he was calling me. I didn't know. But see, one of the things I would say that I did that was different was, we give God ultimatums, but we don't change. We want God to do all the work. So we say, God, if you do this tonight, or if you show me how real you are, but you're not willing to put in the work to, to study, to show yourself approved, you're not willing to humble yourself to seek and find and ask. You you understand what I'm saying? You're not willing to put the things away that's causing you to be separated from Fact. God. Fact. So that was one of the things The one of the biggest things that I would say that God gave me the grace to do. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, I'll say this as well. Sometimes in doing things for so many years, it builds up bad habit. Mm-hmm. So it's hard for you to just do that. But I'll share this, even more than just the time frame, I really want you guys to take this out of, out of the testimony. Once I sought the Lord for two months, I cold turkey everything. I'm talking about no drinking, none of the stuff I was doing, tattoos, clubbing, all of that, going out, fornicating, just all the shenanigans, watching things I shouldn't be watching online, if you understand what I'm saying, like feeding my flesh, um, just all those different things mm. because God empowered me. I'm talking about even social media and music and everything god empowered me not to do those that's things so that's the bigger question that i would encourage people to ask god lord if you're really real lord empower me as i seek you the things that's that's causing me to be drawn away from you empower me to let those things go that i so that i can draw closer mm. to you does it make yes, sense
0: absolutely because there's a
1: change that you have to make in order to really get the results like anything right
0: Right, right, right. You
1: gotta do something. You gotta do
0: something, right? Faith without works is what is what is dead. So in this in this process, right, because I'm just trying to grasp it. Yeah, you know, for the audience as yes, well yes. too. Because there's somebody out there right now that is on some they're battling back and forth. They got one foot one foot in, one yes, foot out. Yes, yes. They hot or they they not hot nor cold right now. They real lukewarmish. Yeah. Okay. Which the Bible sits there and says or whatever that if you lukewarm, pretty much Jesus is gonna spit you out, right? What's the encouragement you know for the young man or the young woman that wants to be like they're pulled so much into the world that they're so comfortable in that that they don't see anything else right they don't see because you said somebody came to you and started ministering to you yeah right <clears throat> but but what if somebody doesn't come to them in a sense right and I'm pretty sure that God is going to always send send people but what what happens when the blinders are on? for this particular person, and they're going down these these dark roads, right? And for the person, and they may need to hear this. Maybe it's not a minister that ministers to them directly in yes. person,
1: but maybe it's something like this. Absolutely. I would say that God has created each and every one of you that is listening with a purpose. It's not a yes. coincidence that you were created literally at this point in time. You could have been created in ancient times, Greek times, somewhere yes. in the future where I don't know, your best friend might be a robot or something. I know that sounds crazy, but we just the way times is moving, you don't know. Yeah. But you were created literally for such a time as this. Mm-hmm. And everybody has that question within to say, hey, why am I really here? And everybody has a void that they're trying to fill, whether it's the love and acceptance part that we were talking about. Yeah. And the only way that you would truly find that love and ex- acceptance is to is, is for you to, to accept the one that accepts you to accept the one that created you that know everything about you he the bible says that he's the author and finisher of your faith Mm -hmm. your parents they have an understanding of you but there's somebody greater that knows you from the inside and out even when you're going through things and you don't even tell nobody and we see the outer appearance you may be smiling but on the deeper inside of you you may be sad and depressed Mm -hmm. there's somebody who Fully understand you completely, right. and that's the one you need to get plugged into, Love. and that's God, that's that's Jesus Christ, Boom. and that's who's going to help you. Boom, hundred percent.
0: Yo, so 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 check this out, right? Right now, I'm not talking to the, uh, I'm not talking to the to the to the young people. I'm not talking mm-hmm. to any. I'm talking in general, right? Matter of fact, let me get specific. I'm talking to the CEO that has all the money. Mm-hmm. I'm talking to the c e o that has all the all all anything and everything that he or she could ever want, and they can go anywhere anytime any place they could be living in Miami, Florida right now and say oh, o let's hop on the plane and let's go to Belize and everything for dinner and let's hop on back. They got the power to do that, but they're missing that one thing right they're missing that that faith aspect, yes. <clears throat> right. So what do you say to somebody that has everything? Because essentially in your world, you had pretty much almost everything. Like you had the popularity, you had the fame, you had your songs playing on the radio. You had that yeah. like you had all your trajectory or whatever to go into high places was like more like Grammy type status mm-hmm. in a sense, right? So I'm not saying that they have to let that stuff go necessarily, yes. but you know deep inside they're missing something.
1: I was I would say this and I love to share this as well too. Yeah. So it doesn't take for you to hit rock bottom in order for you to find out your purpose and calling. it doesn't mm. take for you to you for you to go back to to hitting the bottom i'm talking about where you lose everything in order for you to see god see god oftentimes do that because it's the humble you because when you're at the top of your game that's all you can see the hand claps the praises of people the the, the checks the money coming in everything that you ever want so you're never in that place to really sit down and think i, I don't know if you you notice when people go to jail, oftentimes that's where they find faith. It may not be the right faith, but they're, they're looking for a greater purpose. Why? Right. Because they're in a place of being still. So when I'm talking to the person that, that's in a position like me, don't wait till something happen to slow your life down mm-hmm. in order for you to seek out that greater purpose of faith. You can literally do it right now. And I'll push back and say this. You okay. have said something. You said, yep. well, what do you say to the person that has That has it all. That has everything that they want. I would push back and say, there's no possible way that you can literally have everything you want. You can't have your cake and eat it too because God created us to where we can only be fully fulfilled in Him. him. So you may be able to take a trip and, and and get the food that you want and do stuff like that, but you may not have the peace that you want. You may not have the marriage that you want. You may not have the 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 joy mm. that you want, the pressure mm. of life could get the best of you. You could be rich and you can be depressed. You mm. can be you, you know what I'm saying, you can have the money, but your marriage cannot reflect that. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to compensate with trips and stuff, but there's an inner void. Yeah. You may be insecure. It may be something that you just never really feel good enough. I think that's I think it's funny you say that
0: because, you know, recently we had the, you know, one of our most viral videos and everything go out on Instagram where I'm talking about um, the me being able to confide in my wife and um, release some form of stress or worry or some type of burden or anything like that, and being able to just uh, express that to her and what I'm going through emotionally, right? And it's funny you say that because there's always a void. But here's yeah. the thing: some the, in the comments, you already know. In the comments, they was they was going crazy, where you have people that are saying things. That were against what I was saying, yeah, and missing the point on, on what I was saying. Mm-hmm. But a lot of those comments, you can tell that somebody you're going through something personally. Yes. I had one dude sit there and say um, that he said that they'll they'll never they'll never understand what what it is that you're talking about. <laughs> so you better so you might as well just not even not even go there, right? And turns out that this same guy, after I came back to him humbly. Mm. And I said, I said, bro, that's not my wife. I said, my wife doesn't, you know, cheat on me. My wife doesn't do these types of things. My wife doesn't push me away when I ask for her help. Mm -hmm. And he came back and said, Kenny, I think you may be the exception because, you know, um, of the way your structure is already set up. The way that your family is set up, how you love your children, and just by viewing on your page and seeing everything that you've already done and accomplished, it seems like you know you already know that God is already with you and and, and he's blessing you. However, in my situation, he was like, I've been married fourteen years, and my wife, you know, is is uh, has betrayed me, cheated on me, all these different things. So what I know to be true is that most times when people disagree. It's more so coming from a personal standpoint and what they they've gone through. And they're not looking at it from, you know, a much more general scope on what I'm trying to say. Right. Wow. And it seems that there are voids missing in people's lives which yeah. causes conflict <laughs> with other believers. You know, we we're speaking what the Bible is saying, but because of what somebody that is a believer and that says that they're a believer is going through something personally. They can't compute on what it is that we're saying, right? So how do we bridge the gap on that?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, again, there has to be a greater resource, a source of power, something in your marriage. Other than that, you're you're left to figure out what works best for you. Right. You get what I'm saying? Meaning that Society may say this, YouTube channels may say this, books may say this, but Mm -hmm. there has Mm -hmm. to be a common denominator. Like there has to be a common ground in your marriage because if she believes this way and you believe this way, it's going to be at odds. So he says something key. He said the structure, the way that your house is structured and the way things are set up. That's where the success is. So Mm -hmm. what I get is there's two people walking in agreement. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a scripture that says, how can two walk together lest they be agreed? Right. Now you both agree to get married, but that's just the beginning part. Mm. Now, what else do you agree with outside of we want to spend the rest of our life with each other? Right. Because that's not going to be enough to hold you over. So for us... We, we use the Bible right. because I may feel one way, she may feel another way, but we say, hey, this is going to be our common ground. We believe this is the way God God has set it up. We believe that he is the originator and the author of marriage. Right. He's the one that said it's a good thing, mm-hmm. and we're going to follow his rules. We're going to let go of what we think, and we're going to be agreed here.
0: Right, right. I think that that's a good statement there because for me and my wife, we have, um, you know, in our house we have uh, the oil painting and mm-hmm. it has the day that we was married and on that painting uh, there's, a, uh, there's a there's there's a, a braid coming out of it, right? Three ropes pretty much, but it's braided mm-hmm. and basically saying a um, three-folded strand um, may not be easily broken. Yes, yes, yeah. And if I'm one strand, my wife is the other strand and God is the other strand and they all come together, right? So anytime that there is any type of pushback or discrepancies or anything that is a disagreement in our household it's much harder to bring us apart even though we disagree like your yeah, hair could be turning on you or whatever but the fact is it's still gonna stay you know uh, braided up because it's much harder to uh, dismantle the braid than an actual twist it's funny that's that's exactly what I
1: was thinking to already say <laughs> for any of the women uh, followers by the way right. you know that when you going on vacation and you want your hair to last you don't get the two strand twist <laughs> you, don't, you don't get the kinky twist Yes. because it could unravel you get them tight, knotless braids, yep. and when you come back, it still look the same because it's more tight, is more secure. Mm. So it's the same way. It's
0: the same way, right? So what if what if people started putting their marriage
1: mm-hmm. in
0: that in that actual way, right? What if people started to see their marriage more because the statistics show that you know fifty percent of marriages and everything end up mm. in divorce, right? And then on top of that, it's like after what one two years. And then most people think that it's a financial issue or infidelity issue, but in reality, it's more of a communication issue, right? So people have more, um, issues on communication rather than, you know, finances and money because the money could be all good, but they may not agree on the money. Mm. That's a communication issue. Yes. Right. The, the, um, you know, them being intimate with each other may be all good or whatever, mm-hmm. but guess what? They may not agree on when we should be doing it. You know what I'm saying? Yes, yes, Things yes. Things in that nature, right? So how do, in your view or whatever, and you've, you you and Emma, you know what I mean? You've got to take our unshakable marriage course or whatever. Yes. So in terms of, of communication, how do, how do men and women uh, get better to find a common ground when it comes to communicating where it doesn't seem like, you know, um, one is trying to overpower the other?
1: So it is a saying that you say all the time, seek to understand before seeking to be understood. That's very good because we want to always get understanding. So me personally, I've been with my wife since I was 19. I've been married for eight years. We got married right after I got saved, 24 years old, right? So we've been married eight years. One of the things I have to remember, she's not the same person when I was 19. She's not the same person when I was 25. I'm not the same person. Now we're both in our 30s. We have to learn how to communicate better and communicate different. Cause the way I respond now is not the way I respond when I was 19. Mm. So when I was 19, I might've been more passive about the finances. I might've been more passive about things. My wife is older than me. So it's easier for her to just, you know, handle her things, like handle her stuff. I'm the young whippersnapper, Mm -hmm. but now I'm in my thirties. I'm like, you know what? I'm more of a man now and I'm more mature. I have to take charge. I have to lead my family. I have to be that provider. So that takes a different style of communication. Because mm-hmm. she may not be used to me being more assertive in these different areas. Right. So out of nowhere, if I'm just like, you know what? I'm a man now. Let me be assertive. That's like a hard switch. Right. So you ha- I have to be able to communicate like, hey, as I'm more maturing, as I'm more growing, I'm learning these different things. I want to be able to lead. How can I build the trust that you can now trust me in these different areas? Facts. Facts. You know, and one of the things that Josie and I have...
0: Um, been able to do like this morning, right? Yeah. I say, uh, before she went to the gym, um, we we oftentimes remind each other, hey, we got to go over finances. You know, in finances, that conversation for real, for World, it's not an hour conversation. It's literally like five, 10 minutes, what we got <laughs> going on, right? Where's the money going? How are we supposed to move it? This, that, and the third. And it was, we were always at such a peace and everything at this moment in our life because I feel that, with this piece that we have when we have our finances flowing through, it makes our jobs a lot easier because we know where we're supposed to be going and what's left over and what can go go where. It's more so of us being the masters over the money and and not the, the money being masters over us. But that takes the communication that we need within each other, right? Now, it wasn't always like that. It was times where whatever when me and Josie was, you know, uh, we was head to head. Because we didn't know how to communicate. Now, when it comes to, you know, more urban-type families, Mm -hmm. right? And I don't even say urban-type families. It could be any family, really. You're not shown necessarily how to communicate. Yes, that's good. Right? We're never really shown on on what level should we communicate on because there's a narrative out there that, you know, uh, men are this and women are that, Mm -hmm. whatever. And... I think that causes the friction because if you are more so known as a dictator, mm-hmm. then then you have so many more issues in, in your marriage or in your yeah. relationship, even with your children, because even with your children, your children may not respect you because of how you communicate to them, right? A person that is growing up, they may feel like, okay, well, I'm, you know, I feel some type of way. Your feelings in that type of sense is going to, end up taking over even if you are like three years old four years old you only been here a little bit you know the feeling of that's not how you're supposed to be talking to me right Mm. so in terms of so talk to us about how you know the communication aspect from a faith standpoint right so from a faith standpoint communicating with with god like on this next level that you on like what was that communication like like how is god really communicating to you to get you to where you need to be today
1: (laughs) nah that's that's a good question i i wanted to go back and ask i wanted to go back and ask you a question Mm. is that okay yeah yeah yeah, for sure so you were saying that um you and your wife y'all really get into the finances like Mm -hmm. five five minutes and y'all done so my question for you would be how often do you guys communicate is it only when it's detrimental is it only when it's down to the wire or do y'all build up a system of consistency so
0: it's every couple days Right. So every couple of days we have this conversation. So in reality, right, we're spending we're actually spending an hour or so on our finances per week. Mm. Right. So that we know it's just that the conversation isn't so long because we know exactly what's coming in, when it's coming in. Right. Um, On top of that, of course, we got the QuickBooks now, which makes things a little bit easier and everything for us because we see where the money is going and everything is labeled and organized. Right. So I'm more of what you call um, a protagonist. Right. Mm-hmm. And the protagonist is somebody that is, you know, well organized in, in that sense, right? So mm-hmm. I took this thing 16 personalities.com. <laughs> if y'all need y'all if y'all need to go ahead and get your joints right, go ahead and get that right. Yes, sir. But my whole thing was with with Josie and I, how it started to work, how it started to flow, mm-hmm. it started with a piece of paper. Yes. Right. And started writing stuff down. Writing it down, make it plain. And when we start writing it down, making it plain, we start seeing where where the money is going
2: because
0: mm. before we would get money and we would getting like a good amount of money and it's like where's the money going mm. where's it flowing and we just paying stuff or we just buying stuff and now it's at a point where okay let's let's hold on a second what needs to be paid what's the top priority what's the miscellaneous right what do the kids need you know what what are the, what are those things what's left over right the priorities the tide the you know the the um the property tax the the mortgage all of that stuff you know top priority insurance blah 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 and how those conversations flow now it's a lot less stressful because mm-hmm. we start making it a habit of yeah. hey let's talk about let's talk about the money you don't have to be people are afraid to talk about money wow it's taboo to talk about the finances because of what people are used to seeing when it comes to money on how they feel money has broken them apart. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So for us, we got tired of being a slave to the finances. Mm. And we want... There's things that I've written down already. Like, you know, certain things that have happened this year. And I'm like, yo, by this time, I want my family to have X. And I wrote wrote the whole thing down. God, this is what happened on this day. Ba, 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 ba. You know what I'm saying? And this is the vision that I'm that I'm shooting for moving forward. And just those little things as well to help you help change where um how the conversation of money is supposed to flow. Better, and then you communicate I then I communicated it to my wife because I want her to be in It's not just my vision, it's our vision. Yes, yeah, our Right. And when I communicated to her, if she's in agreement or has anything to add on to it, boom, we added on.
1: Wow. So that's good. <clears throat> and to jump and piggyback off of what you were saying, <clears throat> far as now, how now how do we develop our communication in our faith? Mm. I would say it's the same concept. Um, you had just said something. I lost my train of thought on. I wanted to pinpoint something that you had said. I'm sure to come back to mine. But anyway, um, the, communi- the communication aspect is 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 very key, yeah. especially in our faith, because that's something that has to be developed. I would encourage everything that Kenneth just said in the marriage, those are the same tools that you apply in our faith. Mm-hmm. So if you're not married, I would say, as you develop your relationship in your faith with God, that's going to actually help you in your marriage. Right. And if you're already married, use those same principles and tools and apply it to communication in your faith. Mm. So what is that? You you talked about being consistent. As a matter of fact, here we go. You said that, um, this, I'm reiterating back what you said. Mm. You said that you were tired of being a slave to finances. Right. See me, I was tired of being a slave to sin. I was tired of being a slave to falling short. I was tired of being a slave to my emotions. I was tired of being a slave to being up and down in my relationship with god i was tired of being a slave to being lukewarm i was tired of being a slave of going to church and leaving and doing the opposite the bible says a double-minded person is unstable in all their ways so you gotta think you actually go through more mental warfare when you're trying to play church and then do worldly Mm. stuff at the same time than if you're fully committed to god or if you're fully committed to doing what you do. Wow. When you're in the middle, it's actually more warfare because now you're stuck between two places. Mm. And the Bible says that you would be unstable. Right. So for me, I was tired of being a slave to being unstable. Mm. So when God spoke to me, I said, all right, I just need that reassurance that this is the real thing for me and boom. So when we talk about building up communication in your faith, I would say prayer. That's what prayer is, communication. Prayer is communicating with the Lord, which requires speaking, but also requires listening. And then you were talking about in your marriage, y'all communicate and prioritize things. Same thing with God unfortunately, what's a priority to you may not be a priority to God, but it's important to God, but it may not be at the top of the list. Your finances is at the top of the list. Your car running out of gas is at the top of the list. Your kids scrambling and doing stuff they shouldn't do. That's at the top of the list, but your soul in God's eyes, that's at the top of the list. When it's all said and done, he want to make sure that you're secure, Mm -hmm. that you're safe and that you're with him when it's all said and done. Mm -hmm. That's a priority to him.
0: Right. I look at it like this, right? Did you talk to God today? Did you sit with him today? Did you bless God today right when we when we ask those questions, I'm asking because i'm i'm I love the fact that people get saved, but I'm more concerned about you know your salvation. Like, I want you to be saved. I want you to, you know, to go to heaven as well. And for anybody that's out there that's listening, I want you to really think about how have you developed your relationship with God? I'm not even talking from a religious standpoint. I'm talking about from a, yo, a relationship takes two people. Absolutely. Even the relationship that you have within yourself, in order to know yourself, you have to look yourself in the mirror, that other image that's in the mirror that's reflecting back. Like you got to develop a relationship with that person. And more times than not, we fall into the trap of, yo, I'm going to do all this good work. Yes. And I'm going to get to heaven. I'm going to do all this good work. and I'm going to do all these great things. And I'm going to get to heaven. But the fact is, is that God is more concerned about your relationship with him. Yeah. And knowing him versus all the work that you're doing. Yes, that's important. Yeah. You got to do work, but we have to understand that it's not our works that yes. that get us there. Absolutely, it's, it's not. It is because, like, our abilities and the things that we have—that's already a gift. Like that's already given to us. We don't. You don't earn your way, you know, into heaven. It's more so of yo. I just want this relationship with you, which is what real love is and everything is all about. So I, I take all of that and I take those. um that mindset and those principles and when I take those minds and I take that mindset and I take those principles and I sit there and I say, okay, you know what? I want to apply this to my children. I want a relationship with you. I told my daughter this the other day. I said, from here on out, right, we've done it before but I'm bringing it back in the mix. Mm-hmm. I said, look, we, it's mandatory on this day, every month, we're going to you know, a place, just me and you. Mm. That's it. You know what I'm saying? And the fact is, is that I want to develop this relationship with you. Why? Because you're 19 now. Mm. In eight months, you're going to be 20 years old. Wow. So I I have to know. I'm, I am preparing myself to know an adult, mm. not a teenager. Wow. So now that you are growing into this next stage of your life, then we got to have different types of conversations. Mm. I'm not talking to a child. I'm wow. talking to a grown adult with with more responsibility and more things on our plate where we may have more in common because you you have grown to this next level.
1: Wow. Nah, that's, that's good right there. Being able to make the adjustments with the conversation. Right. The same thing in your relationship with God, like you're saying, building up your faith. It may not be as deep as somebody who's communicating all the time, but you have to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. Usually when we start, first start communicating is more like you more talk about your wants and your needs and it's, it's yeah. more about you. But then as you continually develop, like like any relationship is like, all right, well, what do you think about? Because like you said, it it, it takes two. And you said something about the salvation thing, which is key, is, is I look at it like a marriage. That's when the work actually began. There's mm-hmm. no work that you have to put in. A marriage is just two people just saying yes. Yeah. But after the two people say yes, that's when the work actually began. Mm-hmm. But you knowing that you're married now, you're you're sealed in that marriage, but now the work begins. And in a marriage with God, he's always saying yes to you. Yeah. It's up to you, Do, are you? <laughs> Are you ready to stop that in around? Like, are you are, are, are yeah. you are you ready to commit? Are yeah. you ready to be faithful? Are you ready to get off the gram and all of that type of stuff and be mm. fully committed? He's already ready and he's waiting. That's it's the same type of thing. Wow. So after that you make that commitment, that's when the work actually begins. Right. But it's not the work that you have to put in in order for the marriage, you get what I'm saying? Facts.
0: Facts. You know, I look at someone like a um recently I seen someone uh, I think in Black China. Yes. Right and I seen her give her life to the Lord and, and and I didn't even notice or whatever but she had I guess gave her life to the Lord uh maybe a year ago or something mm-hmm. like that right and we just now kind of really seeing um that you know all the things and all, all the changes that she's doing is yes. she was she was um getting rid of a lot of the tattoos and the mm-hmm. things that she um got when she was young and when she was in the world and that she didn't know about. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's crazy because she's of, of a huge influence yes. in the world. And I can just see a lot of young girls sitting there seeing like, wow, like, you know, why is black China going from ratchet, you know, to, you know, having this, uh this faith in her, like, what is, what exactly is that? Right. And, it's funny how God worked, right? Yes, it's yeah. It's funny how God works. Sometimes God could take somebody that's at like the top that has massive influence, right? Yeah. And then break them down no matter mm-hmm. how much money they got, no matter where they at, no matter what they've done in the world, it don't matter. Cause at the end of the day, the Bible says that every knee shall bow. Yes. Right. And he could take somebody with 14, 15 million followers and I would say a vast majority of that because this person changed yeah. their mindset. Like, what's the ball name? Um, oh man,
1: what tattoos all over his face? Yeah, yeah, John yeah. yeah. John, come on, yeah, John Gabbana. yeah, Gabbana. like
0: bunk, yeah, game. yeah. Same thing. It's yeah. like I see God more in recent years doing yes. more and more. I'm not saying that He hasn't done this before, but I see it more and more in pop culture where He's changing the uh, the dynamic
1: yes like the people that you least expect right yes right. absolutely
0: and he's always done that yeah right even in the bible like you wouldn't expect a saul to turn into a paul absolutely right so in 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 regards of you know going to this level in uh the change and once you going back to your testimony going going back to that and you've made a full blown shift yes. into in into this change right cuz you can you can attest that you are we can compare that right to like a john or a uh a black china of sorts you yeah. know someone like that that's safe to say and now you you have had a massive influence on so many people um that a lot of people probably don't even know like who you had an influence on yeah and my question is <clears throat> you did it without social media you've done it Without, you know, the Instagram and all of that. Right. So you don't necessarily need those particular tools to help somebody
1: receive their salvation. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I would even go back and say this to to just finalize the point of the testimony, because remember, we were talking about how you don't have to hit rock bottom. And then you know the Lord came to me when I was at the the top of my game. Right. Then there's a scripture that says when you hear God's voice, don't harden your heart like you, like you did when you was being rebellious. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. when you a lot of people is hearing God's voice, right? Celebrities, people that you see all over the place. Now it's up to them to respond. Mm. We want God to respond, do the work pick us up, but you have to choose. It's a free will thing. Mm-hmm. He's not putting you in a headlock like, yo, you better be saved right now. Like, you you, my <laughs> right, son. Right, like, right, you right. better do what I tell you to do. He not like that. Right. He give, like, any good parent, he teach you, he show you, and then he let you make the decision that you want to, mm-hmm. that you need to make, right? right? So during this time where God was showing me how real he was, right? Showing me different things, prayers being answered, and I'm being fully convinced, right? Mm-hmm. There was a time where after the two months came right because remember we talked about the two-month trial that i gave god in my in my ignorance but thank god that he was uh patient and you know he met me where i was at so two months come exactly two months i get a phone call guess who it is it's the record labels so they're like hey you know the song that you produce for this big artist is going to be on his debut album and we want to pay you. We want we want you to we want to get the paperwork and stuff right. They needed the the tracks for the files and all that type of stuff to finalize this deal. I'm like I'm just looking at the 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 uh, time frame of everything. I'm like wow, it's two months that just passed. The thing that I've always wanted is literally right here, and it's like wow. So I have God being real right here, and then I have the labels and everything that I've always wanted. Them calling me and you know me building more connections and getting that industry check. This and the third. And I said this, I said, Lord, this is the this is just me, right? This is my exact words. Lord, this is the dumbest decision I'm ever going to make, but Lord, I choose you. I, I told wow. God that. The dumbest decision I'm ever going to make, wow. but God, I'm going to choose you. Fast forward today, it was the best decision that I ever had to make. Wow. Now, I share that to share this point. See, God showed me how real he was, and that's when I really had to make a choice. See, me saying, God, I give you two months, that wasn't me making a choice, that was me that was god bringing awareness that was the initial conversation but then after he showed me how real he was he said hey now you get to pick and choose Mm. and i was able to choose with a clear conscience Mm. so sometimes even when you hit rock bottom that's not really the test when you go to god the test is when god bring you back up to where you was at if not further how are you going to respond are you still going to have a yes can you give God a yes when he picked you up from rock bottom or do you only have a yes when you get what I'm saying when you're at the rock bottom? You, only, you can only give him a yes there, but not when you're
3: you're up. So,
1: wow. You know, I'll talk about my
0: I have many rock bottom moments. Yes. Right. And I look at those moments and as you're talking, I look at those moments. And I'm like, man, God, how many times was I at rock bottom and mm-hmm. I didn't listen? How many times was I at rock bottom and you just kept me? Yes. Right? You kept me close. You kept me like right here. And one of the rock bottom moments was when, you know, I was in a position that I don't think no man would ever want to be in. And that was the position of when I had a child. Raised her for two years and then found out that that child wasn't mine. Now, me, I grew up in the church. But at the time, I wasn't going to church. Mm -hmm. And it's like, could that been a moment where God was like, I'm trying to get your attention? Right? There's been many moments where God has stripped things away from me yes, just to get my attention. And I would sit here and deny him because I wanted to do what I wanted to do. Yeah, Right? And at this moment where I found out that she wasn't mine, Mm -hmm. dog, that's like the biggest gut punch in the world that no man wants to go through. Absolutely. Right. Especially if you're somebody who wants is a loving father. Mm -hmm. Like no man wants to sit here and and go through that. So the day that I found out that that, you know, my daughter wasn't biologically mine, it was like like everything stopped. Mm. The world stopped dance stopped. Wow. Everything was just like, you know what? <laughs> like and as I reflect back on it, wow. I realize how good God is. So let me paint the picture for you real quick. Right. And I got a
1: question for you after that. I
0: bet. So check this out. So on January twenty fourth, um, this is around two thousand eight, I found out that my the, the the little girl that I was raising Right. That I thought that was my daughter wasn't my daughter. Mm. That was she was not biologically mine. Right. I'm married at the time as well, too. So when I'm married at the time, you know, I find out on January 24th and I found out when I was teaching a dance class mm-hmm. and I get home and everything was just like my world was just going upside down. I told my ex-wife, you know, uh, don't come home. Because if you came home that night, mm. <laughs> I may not be here doing this podcast mm. right it was that it was that real for me, wow, right and when I found that stuff out, <clears throat> my life was just flashing before my eyes like, why mm. me? wow, why did I go through this? Why did I have to go through this why what, what was what was the the issue in God? why did you tell me? or well, why did you pull this away from me? I'm I'm I feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Yes. I'm doing a, a lot of great things, you know. No I'm not <laughs> no I'm not perfect. No yes. I'm not, I'm not the best, you know what I'm saying? And and yeah, I have my flaws. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 I have my flaws even inside that marriage. Yes. But I didn't deserve this, right? Mm. And this is what I'm telling God. Like I'm angry at God right yes, now, yes, right? Yes. So I I believe that all things work for the greater good. Yes. Fast forward 17 years later. Mm. Now my you know, on January twenty fourth, it's a different day. That used to be a day of sorrow. That mm. used to be a day of pain. That used to be a day of, you know, dang, like I lost, you know, it's my kid. Yes. Right? Josie was pregnant in this with our fifth child, Hezekiah, mm. and she was going to get induced. Mm. She gets in, she she said, they want to induce me on January 24th. And she was like, are you cool with that? Like, I know what that day is for you. Like, I can, we can either go the day before, we can go the day after. I said, nope. I said, if it's January 24th, then let it be so. Whatever God wants to do. Now, this is me having peace with God and everything at this point. This is wow. me having peace with the fact that it already happened. Mm-hmm. Right? There's nothing that I could do to, to, to change it. Yes. But God was sitting there saying, Kenny, because of what I, I put you through, right i want to use that mm-hmm. because there are people out there right now that are yes. going through things that on a day that they will never forget but mm. i'm telling you right now on that day that you will never forget give it time god will sit there and bring it full circle right and on january 24th now my 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 son hezekiah was born my final child was born right wow and that day is no longer a day of reckoning a day of sorrow a day of you know uh you know, destruction. It's a day of peace, joy, rebirth, right? Like it's a, it's a day of where the Bible talks about, you know, um, in Isaiah 66, where, where, uh, Jerusalem is going to, um, you know, birth a thing that they're not even going to feel the, the birth pains of it. It's going to uh, happen so quick mm-hmm. that the birth pains is not even going to be in effect. And that's what I felt. Yeah. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, is that there are people out there that are going to feel some form of pain yeah. in their life. But if you, but when you give your life to God, mm-hmm. when you see yourself at that rock bottom space and you still trust Him, watch Him bring it back full circle. And change and change the game for you wow Now nah,
1: that's good that was gonna be my question what happens what do you say to the person that's kind of doing good that's kind of saying you know what I hear what matt is saying and and boom they press towards that but then they get into a situation like you in right. their journey of doing good how do we encourage that type of person
0: yeah I would say I would say this right you ever <laughs> you know it's funny I was watching a uh I was watching a interview with with, with michael Parsons and he brought this up and it was funny because he said, you ever see the dude that ain't got no job get like the flyest girl?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> like you ever see the dude that's like, he he broke and yeah. he don't he don't do nothing with his life, but he get all the good things.
3: My God. But
0: then you got the guy that does everything right. Everything right. And you there you can't find like this dude is the he's the guy, right? Yeah. But then he don't. But he get played out by the good girl, by, by the fly girls. He get he get played out by um, those opportunities are missed, right? For mm-hmm. some reason he broke, mm. but for some reason the dude that's that ain't got no job he always got money, mm. right? Why is that, right? What is it that they have that I don't have, right? What's the the and, and you can get vastly discouraged. Yes. In that. Yes. Here's what I was saying, right. We know this to be true. The wealth of the wicked is later for the righteous. Mm-hmm. And with that being said, because I'm that I'm the good guy, right? <laughs> that has felt that, and it's just like I look at a lot of like and going through that whole process. The encouragement would be understand that one scripture: the wealth of the wicked is later for the righteous. There's somebody out there that's doing some horrible things in life, but guess what? They doing all this work right but because of your faithfulness because of your righteousness because you sit here and believe that that god's word remains true in your patience because it's like it'll blossom like no other Mm -hmm. it's going to give you you know a life that you can ask think or imagine and i would i would dare say that it's this word that keeps coming into my mind these last couple of weeks and it's called press on yes and if we don't we have to understand how to press on, even when we are in a situation where we feel like everything is against us. Mm. And when we when we feel like everything is against us, when we feel like, oh my God, like you know, the world is crumbling down on me. Yeah. Like why me? Like, God, I'm supposed to be living like this. I'm supposed to be living like that. But mm-hmm. are you really? Yes. Or are you? Or are you a, a a a an example of hope that because you are. Still pressing on even in your bad circumstances, right? God is going to use that to then make you be the uh the label or the 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 poster child to being unshakable.
1: Nah, that's good because <clears throat> just because you have the Lord on your side or you humble yourself to God and submit him or accept him as your Lord and Savior, that doesn't exempt you from going through things. Right. The difference is, I would say, is what you communicated and what you were just sharing. Right. There's a greater strength working in you, helping you press on. There's that inner power, which is the Holy Spirit, God working in you saying, hey, Kenny, keep pressing forward. You got this. I have a greater plan. And not only is that voice like a coach, it's em- literally empowering you to press on. Right. It's not just a voice saying, go, 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 go. No, it's it's telling you and it's enabling you to do what you could not do on your own strength.
0: Right. facts. Facts. Now I wanna I wanna switch gears here a little bit, right? Now you mentioned the tattoos, you know what I'm saying, and and all of that, and we could sit here and say that most people would say a Christian or some or a believer has to look like this, yeah. right? Oftentimes we stereotype. You know uh, what a believer is, or what a believer looks yes. like, and things in that nature, right? But the Bible is very, very clear,
2: mm-hmm. right?
0: Because Jesus came down and took on, you know, the the life of a slave, yeah, right. And what what the Pharisees thought they mm-hmm. were getting, they didn't mm-hmm. get, <laughs> right? Yeah. So when somebody sees someone like yourself, mm-hmm. right tattoos you know what i mean long hair all of that yeah right you don't look like the typical yeah like somebody that's gonna come out and i'm about to give you bless you with a word right <laughs> yeah so how does that because that blesses me because th- for me that's yeah. what i want to see yeah you know but how how do you how do you navigate through that
1: i mean the bible says that man judges the outer parents but it's god that looks at the heart mm. so that mean that people are going to judge you for what they see because that's literally all they see. Some they people see. can't see your heart unless unless you speak and literally bear your heart. But from just an outward perspective, walking by, driving by, what you see online, a picture, people are literally just naturally human nature. They just judge what they see. Mm. And not only do they judge what they see, they have a, a, a what's the word, a preconception. Is that the right yep. word? They yep. have a preconception Uh, an assumption of what's associated with this so for instance right i came from music so dreads tattoos things of that nature right so when you just see a picture of me you associate it with musicians rappers things like that and then whatever they're rapping about naturally you put that image on me but the good thing is when God saves you, you literally become a new creature. Like right. you're a brand new person, like a brand newborn born baby. Right. But he does the work on the inside. Right. Now outwardly, you're gonna look the same, but people are gonna know that you're changed when you open your mouth. When you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's what's gonna make the difference. So if I'm quiet, if I'm in a room full of different artists and stuff like that, if I'm quiet, we all look the same. That's right. But once we open our mouth, once we express, once we do things, you're gonna see a clear difference. Wow. So I would say be yourself. God has called you for such a time as this because in the midst that you have in piercings, tattoos, and all that type of stuff, that's what he wanna use. Now, me personally, I'm opposed to people. I'm opposed to when people change their image in order to reach a crowd mm. of people. You be the image and you be the light that you're that you are, right. because your light is gonna light up whatever place that you're going. You're right. not called to every place, right. But whatever light that you are today, you go into those places and reach those people. You
0: know what's crazy, bro? I'm gonna tell you this story. And you said, you know, a a, a preconception, you Mm -hmm. know, (laughs) I was literally at, I was literally at, where was I at? Oh, I was, I was, I was at ShopRite Mm -hmm. last week. And when I'm at ShopRite, I go to the checkout line. When I go to the checkout line, um, a woman comes up. She was a dance mom. I used to train her daughter back Mm -hmm. in the day, right? She comes up to me and she was one of the ones that was running the front. She was the manager of the front. So she wasn't checking me out. But um, th- but she comes up and she goes to the checkout lady. She says, "Hey, um, if you if you if you act right, you know, or if you do um, if you're nice, you know, you may get some dance moves out of this guy, right? Like, you know, <laughs> we was we was conversating. All good, mm-hmm. all love, right? And um, and she tells her, "Yo, he used to train my daughter um back in the studio back in the day." And he's like, "Oh, that's what's up." And now he's a speaker and does all these great things. Da 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 da. Like, yeah. And then she was like, um, and he has five children. Can you believe that? Five beautiful children. Mm. And the woman that, and she was a black lady that, that asked me this question. The woman that was <laughs> checking me out um, at the register goes, how many baby mamas you got?
2: Mm.
0: I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> like, so so here's the assumption. Yeah. Because I'm because I'm black. And I'm a, I'm a black male. I gotta have a lot of baby mamas, right? When I got one woman, <laughs> we got five children. I got one woman, and it's like, yo, the stereotypes yes. that we have is like is crazy in this world, where the Bible says that we should be slow to speak, yes, and quick to listen, yes. Like the fact that that even comes up in your mind as the first thing that you say to to mm-hmm. somebody is crazy. That's like me saying, "Well, how many baby dads you got, <laughs> right? How many this or how many of that?" Yeah. Like, why would you say that to 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 anybody? But it just goes to show. And she's a in this and this woman like she's a lot older than I am. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So. Like, and no this or whatever to the fact <laughs> that she, yes, I ain't yes. to call you old, but she's old, she's more seasoned than me. Yes. I'll put it that way, right? Yes, yes, she's yes. more seasoned than me. So my whole thing is is that we have to stop judging people based on appearance. Yes. We got to stop judging people based on what, you know, society pretty much pushes. Because it could be the person that, you know, out of nowhere, that blesses your heart. It could mm-hmm. be a child. Yeah, It could be... It could be. It could be anything. Matter of fact, a couple weeks ago, we was at my my uh, my friend's uh, restaurant. Yeah. Guy comes in, sits down, and he was with his friend and in, in in their in uh, his daughter, mm. right? And we are about to leave. Christian goes up to the guy, gives him a hug, mm. and he's like, "Wow." He said, "You don't understand how much that blessed me." Wow. He said, "I just lost my dog today." I had to bury my dog today. Here, here it is. Like in Christian, you know, yes, he has Down syndrome, yes, he's a cancer survivor, yes, he's nonverbal, but he also has the feelings. So, not even prejudging. Christian wasn't even prejudging. He was just like, "Yo, let me go hug this dude." Mm. He didn't even know. Wow. Right? Maybe he did know. Maybe he did know. I don't know. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But my whole thing is, is that you know, when we when we judge. When we judge each other, when we judge people, I think that that's one of the one things that we have to nip in the bud, Yeah. you know, in, in our society today. And, like, do you feel that that is something that can be fixed? Or do you think that we're too far gone from that? Or is it going to continue to happen, so on and so forth? And Or do we need better teachers in, you know, in society to help us teach us not to prejudge people based off of
1: stereotypes? I would say the more that we, the more it's time uh, move on, the more that we'll be able to accept these different things because mm-hmm. different people are ra- being now raised up and cultivated to, 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 what's the word I'm trying to use? To redefine, I guess, to yeah. show a different side of it. Yeah. So for instance, we know what, we have an idea on what preachers or pastors or people in the church should look like, right? But the way times is moving forward and the way that God is dealing with things, that image is going to change. This is what this type of person should look like. This is what a businessman should look like. This is what that should look like. So I can just give you a a practical or worldly example, right? Like Jay-Z, he gave a different example on what um, a billionaire or a millionaire look like because Mm. he stopped wearing the chains. He just put on a T-shirt. And when he did that, he kind of set the bar or raised the standard like oh we switching it up. We usually think we got to flex when we were millionaires, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And it is like a meme going around where he's like the richest in the room and he has the least on. Mm. So I would just say that to answer your question, we want more leaders. We want more people that's going to be more innovators. We want more people that's going to that's not going to be afraid to go outside the box to change that definition of what x y and z look like right if they if somebody popular in the world can do it you can do that in any space Mm. you know what's so good is that
0: 10 years ago 10 years ago we might not have thought like this yeah right what's so good is the fact that we may not have these conversations 10 years ago Mm. what's so good is that the level of growth that we have now right even in the space of men conversating yes and having these types of conversations because for a period all you see is go out get money Mm-hmm. go out be famous go out do this x y and z but the more and more I see, or the more and more I live, I see God changing more men than anything because of the vulnerability aspect. Yes. Right? And we've had hundreds of conversations on this topic, you know, where maybe being someone that can change the narrative, can change what people think is the person that's being transparent and vulnerable. You use the Jay-Z analogy, right, real quick. Like, maybe that's a vulnerability in a sense or whatever. Like, yo, let's just be real. Let's take the chains off and let's just be real for a second. You know, this is what a billionaire should look like and everything now. Then I mean, we just just in this T-shirt, right? But I want to go into, you know, the health of, you know, a healthy man. When you think of a healthy man, what is what does that look like? Is that... Because what we look at as a healthy man is somebody from a physique standpoint. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? And when we see that, it's like, oh, yeah, like, you know, they got... Uh, the muscles, they on men's health, da-da-da-da, right? But from a spiritual
1: standpoint, right, what does a healthy man, you know, look like to you? I would say for me, a healthy man looks like one who is great at prioritizing. Mm -hmm. He knows where to put things and put things in his right place because he want to make sure that he's good. Mm -hmm. So that relationship with God, him making sure that he's he's uh, physically there, he's making sure that his mentor is right. I would say uh, a true man is one that has self-awareness. You know your strengths and you know your weaknesses. You're mm. not defined by them, but you know how to navigate those different areas. You know how to ask for help. A true man knows how to ask for help. Cause even though you're weak in this area, you have people that can help you. I believe a true man is one who understands they can't do life on their own. Mm. Despite how strong you are, despite what you think, you know that your your understanding is 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 going to reach a, a a cap is going to reach a limit you know that your strength is going to reach a limit i believe a man is one who thinks beyond himself one who isn't selfish but you think about your community you think about your children you're able to provide you're able to bring resources like when we look historically with men they would they were more lumped up in communities so they would be able to help um, other people's families and kids and stuff like that. It wasn't a survivor's mentality. It wasn't my understanding versus yours. It wasn't, um, I'm just gonna focus on my family and that's it and do what I gotta do. Mm-hmm. It was more of a collective unity. You could go to somebody else's child and be like, hey, you you ain't moving right, you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and bring that correction. I'm not saying discipline and with the rod, but you can be able to say, hey, correct things when you see a woman that needs help, you're able to be there, especially if that man was at work. Mm. So that's what I see, that's what I see manhood looking like. Yeah. What was some of the biggest lessons that people could take
0: home, you know, uh from a from from that aspect, right? That you that you learned to get to where you're at right yeah. here. Like what was like a, a huge lesson to come up with just
1: that conclusion? I would say this. One of the things I definitely want you guys to take with you is don't put all of your eggs in one basket. Don't put all of your hope into one thing. You may have an understanding on something and you may just want to keep pursuing that. You may have a gift or a talent and you may want to keep pursuing that. You may have a a, um, a job or something and you may want to keep pursuing that, but don't limit yourself. It's so much that's greater in you. Mm. One of the things I did, it was the thing I was very good at, which was music. And that thing limited me because when it was time to make the shift and make the adjustment, I lost my identity. That's one of the mistakes in life I did more than one time where I've put everything about me, my personality, who I am, the definition and all of that into what I do. Mm. So to make it simple, I want to say that you're not who you are because of what you do, Mm. but you do what you do because of who you are. But in order to do what you do because of who you are, you have to know who you are. And I would even go a step further to say that you have to know whose you are. Mm -hmm. Because when it's time to adjust, you won't feel like I got to give all this type of stuff up. I got to trade in everything. I worked hard for 20 years. No, you're building on family, which is just as important. You're building in financial wealth and literacy, which is just as important. You have other many gifts and callings that you have. You can speak to people. You can use this to help other kids. You're great at mentoring. You're great at all these different things. But because you're seeing a measure of success in one area, you neglect these areas. Mm-hmm. Let everything that you were created to do work together for the good. You know, when, we, when you say that, I look at
0: it like this. Your greatest gift has yet to be revealed. Yes. Your greatest gift has not even been displayed to the world yet. And the reason why it hasn't been displayed to the world yet is because somewhere along the line, you're not willing to sacrifice where you're at right now and put your flesh under submission because you're comfortable in a position that satisfies your current situation. And it's not until you become uncomfortable that you become unshakable. Yes. Right? It's not until you become uncomfortable to where you become undeniable.
3: Mm.
0: Right? It's not to where you become uncomfortable to where you start loving unconditional.
2: Mm.
0: Right? And when we say and when we go to that next level and say, you know what? It's time to be uncomfortable. Like, I have to do this. My gifts have to be pulled out of me. I cannot die full. I must die empty. So if that is the case, like I've got to do everything in my power to sit there and say, you know what? I'm stopping this cold turkey. No longer am I going to, you know, cheat. No longer am I going to do drugs. No longer am I going to fornicate. No longer am I going to steal. No longer am I going to lie. No longer am I going to do the things that, you know, got me here, quote unquote, right? Because what got me here ain't going to get me there yes right these those things got you materialistic things that are now dead yes because once you've bought it it decreases in value but once you buy in once you buy the truth, you sell it not mm. you you buy the truth you sell it not why because of the value of it the value of the truth it, it you cannot sell that mm. right you buy it and you sell it not so I would say that in a world On where we are living today, men, women, it's time to be so uncomfortable Mm -hmm. that this is tough to say. It may split up, it may split families, it may split dreams, it may split desires that are not of God. Mm -hmm. Right? It may split certain things but it has an ultimate reward and this is a heavy thing to say is an ultimate reward at the end but there's going to be people that you can't talk to no more there's going to be things that you can't do no more Mm -hmm. there's going to be a life that you just can't live anymore Mm -hmm. the question is is are you willing to take on this challenge are you ready to do hard things so that you can receive in the end, right? And it's not saying like, I'm not talking about like a Santa Claus type of thing. Like, hey, if you do this good or whatever, then boom, like you're gonna get some presents at the end. No, no, no. What I'm talking about is far, far deeper than some fairy tale. I'm talking about something that is gonna be everlasting, ages upon ages upon ages upon ages upon ages, something that doesn't end. Cars get made all the time. Yes. Houses get made all the time, right? Money gets printed every single day. But what you can't buy is the eternity, right? Of where you go. Like, I'm trying to go to that next level. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, Matt, if you want to speak on that as we as we Absolutely. end it off soon.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. See, some of us we've reached the top level. We've reached the top level to where we've been trying to get to. And mm. like you're saying, we've got comfortable there and you're crying out to go to the next level. You're crying out to, to press a step forward. Mm. But when you press a step forward, you now become the bottom of that level. Right. So if you're at level nine and you're seeking to go to level 10, you have to go up that level and be willing to go to the bottom of a new, new place, a new level, a new place and to begin to grow there. Yeah. See me, I had two choices when you hear my testimony. I had to either press forward and learn something new because remember, the music is something that I gave up or the other option was to go back to the music because that was the only thing I knew I knew nothing else so I was in that middle place of being uncomfortable I was at the bottom of a new level so I didn't want to go back the only option was to go forward but moving forward was very uncomfortable moving forward I had to relearn who I was my identity I had to learn who God was I had to learn what are things I like outside of music what is it like to, to go a day without music what other hobbies do I like I had to rediscover myself which was very uncomfortable but in taking that time it helped me discover I love to share with people. I love to coach people. I love to mentor people. I love to share, empower people and things like that. I didn't realize I was even as great at speaking because I was so shy to even speak in front of people. I just used my voice for music. Mm -hmm. But once you cut that beat off, I I was in fear and trembling. Mm -hmm. But I didn't realize I have a desire for people to want to change. I have a desire for people to understand that they have a greater purpose in all of this stuff. Even the gifts and talents that you do have, it's not made for just selfish reasons. Now, God may use it for to, to provide for you because the Bible says your gift uh, make room for you and bring you before great people. That's right. But everything that God is giving you is to help somebody else. Mm. It's for you to be a light Come and on. for you to bring transformation for you. When you go in the room, what changes when you walk into the room? Is everything the same? Does people get hype? Do people get quiet? What happens? Mm. But you wouldn't understand that until... You make that adjustment and you become that light. Right. So now, so so what's the first
0: step that somebody has to do? Right. In order to to get to this change, let's just say somebody, all right,
1: cool, they they trading their career for their calling. What what's step number one? What am I what am I doing? Trading in their career for their calling. What's step number one? I would say. The reason that you even asked that question, not you, but the viewer, the reason that you're even asking this question is because something on the inside is calling you. You you, you feel dissatisfied, there's a discontentment there. Right. So that's step number one. Mm. You have to have that discontentment because you're not gonna wanna change if you're comfortable. Mm. Something has to push you to wanna change. Mm. So acknowledging that you need change is number one. What's step number two? pursuing what is that change exactly do you feel like god is calling you do you feel like another job is calling you do you feel like finances is calling you do you feel like you want to be a greater husband do you feel like you want to be a mentor like what is the thing that's calling you Mm -hmm. because the challenge becomes you may want to be a mentor But you're working a corporate job making great money. But something about when you're with the kids, something about you just helping young children and helping them grow and understand life and give an identity. You feel more fulfilled there. So that's step two. What makes you feel fulfilled when you do that very thing?
0: Right. Being
1: able to identify that.
0: Mm. And then I would add on step number three. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Once you've, you know, finished step number two and you, you got the fulfillment going on. Yeah now it's time to attack.
3: Yeah.
0: Right? You got to attack it. Be strategic. Yeah. Strategy is key. Like, we have to make sure that we have a firm foundation in what we're about to embark on. Yeah. If we don't have this foundation, if we don't have um, these things, then guess what? Then it's going to be a house that's going to keep getting knocked down and knocked down and knocked down all the time. I'll give you an example, right? Just the other day, um, my house got tested. Mm-hmm. My house got tested the other day. There was a storm that hit my house and it hit the entire, not just my house, but it hit the entire um, area that we live in. And not only that, did it hit the entire area that we live in. What ended up happening was the tree fell down and grazed my house. That was a super, super solid point why I'm saying this right here. Yes. Because once you change... Mm-hmm. and once you decide to make a move expect some trembling to come through yes expect the the enemy to start knocking at your door even harder mm-hmm. you thought he was knocking at your door before mm-hmm. oh no he gonna be knocking at your door even harder why because he now he has even more permission right so we're in this we're in this this rainstorm and as we're in the rainstorm we we, we left uh, football practice we're driving down you know, Brown and Road where we live and then, um, and then as we're, we're knocking, as the tree got knocked down, mm-hmm. we, we go around it. Yeah. Okay, this is a different tree that I'm talking about. Mm. Right? Sign number one. Yeah. Something is coming down. Okay, boom. We go around, we get to our house and when we get to our house, we pull up into the driveway and the, the oak tree that's in my backyard. Yeah. Ends up like literally on the side of my house. You ever like you ever been so close to some form of impact that it just grazed your skin? Mm. That's how it was. Like so so like like where you got some burns mm-hmm. but you're not affected heavy. Yeah. Where somebody may have been shot but they only got a flesh wound. Yeah. Right? It didn't actually go go yeah, deep yeah. in. You may have so the tree falls onto my onto my SUV busts up a window.
1: Hold up, so you were there.
0: No, no, no. I wasn't I wasn't there when it happened. Got you, got you. Got I was you. I showed up to it. I pulled up to it. Mhm. Okay. Right? Now, here's here's what I'm, here's what I'm going to say, right? I pulled up to it and I saw that that was that was going down. And what was so crazy is that it messed my roof up a little bit. Mhm. It messed a corner piece of the siding in my house to where it penetrated the house and put uh put a hole inside the garage of the back of the garage, right, and then the entire tree fell down um between my truck and where my garage is at mm. and it busted the window out of my SUV wow so what did I what did I do was I upset absolutely I was upset why yes. I wasn't upset at God mm-hmm. I was upset at the fact that I gotta clean this up. Mm. See, a lot of times we get upset because of, you know, God, why are you doing this? Yeah. The devil, the devil doing this and blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah. I was more upset at the fact that, yo, well, praise God, ain't nobody get hurt. Yes. But I got to clean this up now. Yeah. Right. Sometimes the enemy will sit there and do petty stuff just to sit there and see your reaction and see how you're going to do. To try and sit there and be like, God, see, I told you they was going to do this. God, I told you they was going to do that. I told you they was like that. Right? But sometimes God will sit here and give give the enemy permission to go ahead and test you. Yeah. Right? And I'm sitting here. I'm like, man, you know what? Praise God that we had the finances and everything to go ahead and flip it around. And within less than 24 hours, everything was fixed. Like wow. it never even happened. Right? So yeah your house is going to get tested but it's because of the firm foundation that i have with Mm -hmm. god that i was able to uh take that on and say all right let me call a couple companies up and get an estimate boom and here's here's how god here's this is crazy part i looked up this one company five-star rating they came out within 45 minutes of me calling them gave me a quote and they was like look we can do it for this price i said you know what That's a great price because I know for a fact or whatever, this big old tree, any other company probably cost me a couple thousand dollars. Mm. This company, nope. Boom. He was like, yo, I have the crew out here in 45 minutes. Came out in 45 minutes. They had that thing cleaned up in an hour and 15. My, My point is this, is that don't be intimidated by the storm. Yes. Don't be intimidated by what storm what type of storms come into your life if you have a firm foundation then you can sit here and clean up anything at any given time yes it may take a little bit more time yes it's going to take a little bit more money yes you did not plan for it but we should always be prepared for the disasters that come into our life why because guess what they're going to happen but they're only going to have you're only going to fail at it if you don't have the foundation that you have wow
1: now that's good because everything that is going to um anything that can try you Mm
2: -hmm. talking
1: about Oh, there we go Mm -hmm. you know whatever you believe in because we're we we touched on a lot we talked about believing in your calling and pressing forth and things like that if it's a true calling then it's always gonna be it's always gonna point back to you doing it no matter what does that make sense right so what is the thing that makes you want to get out of bed and keep going what is the thing that if a storm come, despite it all, you're still gonna wanna keep doing it, even Amen. if it's a bad day. Yeah. Because everything that could be tested, it, it will be tested, mm-hmm. and everything that will be shaken, will be shaken. Mm-hmm. and even if it's a, a gift or a calling or something that you're supposed to do, it's times where a, ba- a bad enough storm can hit and y- you're going to want to give up. Yeah. But see, that's where we learn perseverance. And I want to tip my hat to you and say good job because even though that storm hit, let me ask you this, was all the houses around you affected or was your house the only one affected? Only mine. See, your house was the only one that was affected in that instance, but I find it interesting and not a coincidence that your book is called Nobody's gonna save you Mm -hmm. leading through a storm. Mm So a storm came and you still had to literally lead through that because you still mm-hmm. had a meeting the next day. We still got the podcast yep. and this, that, and the third. So you still had to press on even when hardship came, even when a setback came, you still had to press forward. Yeah. So I find that like not just a general testing, but a personal testing because yeah. that's what you share leading and overcoming bad storms. Absolutely. And you had a literal experience where you had to overcome a storm that hit you mm. literally, yeah. not metaphorically. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing
0: storms are going to hit every single day. Yes. We have to, we have to understand that. Like I don't think anybody can go it is possible. It's possible to go full day without anything bad happening. But it's very rare because you're going to get upset. You're mm-hmm. going to get, you know, um angry at some point. But I would dare say that it is when You have that, that calmness in you, Yes, that patience, Mm -hmm. that perseverance, all of that, that are, those are valuable tools to overcoming any storm. Yeah. Your house can be falling apart. But because your foundation spiritually is strong, Mm -hmm. it may get trampled on, it may get hit. It may even get penetrated to a certain point. Wow. But even if it falls down, God can always raise a new one. Hmm. Because, because the foundation remains there. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, from a dance perspective, I don't, I, I've retired from dance. Mm. I still dance. I still yeah. get down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why? Because I want to make sure that my foundation is still intact. I'm not working on new moves. I could if I really wanted to, if I apply myself to do it. But the fact is, is that I'm just making sure that my foundation is clean. Mm. And the reason why i make making sure my foundation is clean is because guess what? Somebody's going to need this foundation. Wow. Somebody's going to need the foundation that, that I have. Mm-hmm. So I make sure that my foundation is always tight, no matter what. Like, I could te- they can come up with their own new moves. They can be their own unique self. Yeah, They don't need me to teach them new moves. They mm-hmm. only need me to teach them the foundation.
1: Wow. That's good. Amen. And then turning the pain into purpose. Absolutely. So. Absolutely.
0: Brother, listen, man, this has been an awesome, awesome conversation. Now, before we, before we chop it down, before we let it go, I need to, I need you to tell the people, you know what I'm saying? Like, number one, like, what is something that you want to leave them with that's going to help them and elevate them to being unshakable?
1: Yes, I would say this, and um this is the statement I was going to make and I'll end with it. <clears throat> turn your per turn your pain into purpose, everything that you've been through. You know, don't blame God, don't blame somebody else, don't don't even blame yourself. You get mm-hmm. what I'm saying? You take everything that happened in your life, turn it into a life lesson. They say that we turn L's into lessons because everything that you went through is all gonna work together for mm-hmm. the good. Now you can now help somebody. Now you can now help, you can now prevent a situation because of what you didn't learn or because you might've been hard-headed at that time. Mm-hmm. Now you could turn that and turn that to a W. Your, your L's can be turned into W's. Mm-hmm. So from L's to lessons to W's, for somebody else. Mm. So that's that's my encouragement for you. Oh, last thing is this. When we talk about the testimony, mm-hmm. the biggest thing I want you guys to take away, I probably said that like 10 times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so good. <laughs> the biggest thing is like 10 number ones. Right. Be willing to let go of some things that you may love dearly mm. in order to go to the next level. And my oh. question for you is, what if something that you've built up your whole entire life Is something different than what God has for you. It's something different that's what's going to actually make you successful.
0: Right, right. Mm, That's good right there. Cause I could I gotta attest to this. Like I've worked, you know, more than half my life on dance. Yes. And then it got rearranged Mm. and flipped into doing this. Yes. And giving and speaking life into people daily. I would say to to break it down. Final point. That you never know what God is going to do. hmm Our best bet is to stay close to him. Yes. Our best bet is to, is to stay connected to him. Because at any given point in time, everything can change, everything can shift. hmm And if we are not willing and open, we die full. Mm-hmm. If we're not willing and open, we die full. We die full of, you know, gifts. Yes. We die full of ability. We die full of all this greatness that's inside of us. Mm-hmm. Instead of dying empty so that he can then take us and make us brand new and fill us with new things. Continue, you know, this is why we got to, you know, keep pouring out. We keep pouring out, but we got to keep receiving to keep pouring out to let it flow. You know what I'm saying? So with that being said, y'all, listen, when we change the mind, y'all, we change the game. Yes, all right. We changed the game. We hope you guys enjoy this session and everything with Mr. Matthew Cooley, Mr. Matt in the back. Yes, sir. now Matt in the front. All right? <laughs> so listen, guys, let us know which what, what you guys enjoyed. Did you guys what what part did you did you enjoy? What uh what part of the conversation did you enjoy? What blessed you the most inside this conversation? Okay. Let us know in the comments. Put it below. All of mm-hmm. that. Share this with your mommy, your daddy, your uncle, your auntie, your grandma, your grandpa. Abuela, abuelo. Share with everybody, okay? Because guess what? We change our lives one day at a time. All right? When we change the mind, y'all, we change the game. Yes, yeah. Talk to y'all later.